The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, what's up, everybody? It is the postseason now, and the fantasy season is kind of over, but the 2024 season it starts right now. All right, we're going to give you our top 24 for next year. We're going to obviously take a little, a brief look at the NFL playoff matchups. And uh, really expecting a very fun weekend here. And we're going to say hello to Dave and Jamie. A pretty fun game last night, Jamie Eisenberg. I gave a hot take. I was watching with some friends who I, I do have. And I gave a hot take. Uh, like midway through the game, I said, uh, Tua, if you put Tua Tungavailoa on the Giants, he's basically Daniel Jones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, I was surprised, and I'll give you a chance before I send it in, that you have Tua ranked over Dak Prescott, I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. I mean, Dak Prescott. So do you have Daniel Jones ranked out of Dak Prescott as well? <laughs> I mean, look, he's still good for fantasy as long as Hill and Waddle are healthy. You know, he's still going to put up big, big numbers. Dak has like one guy. I think that was that was why I went with. I basically had Tua, Purdy, and Dak in a three-way tie, if I recall, and I I think I had them eleven, twelve, thirteen. You were the only person of the five people who ranked quarterbacks for the exercise that we're doing to not have Dak in the top twelve. He's thirteen. Where did you guys have him? I had Tua thirteenth. Thir- oh, you're saying Dak wasn't? Yeah, in the top. Dak's thirteen. Uh, yes, uh, Dak is five for me. I'm in off-season listening mode. I've got Dak at eight, but there's Obviously, a chance that he could rise. Yeah, there's a lot that could change in Dallas this offseason. Apparently, yeah, we'll see what happens this weekend. They are the NFC champions, though. NFC East champions. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. They're the wow. NFC East for, champions. For a little, little, uh, little preview. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> I was hanging out with a Packers fan last night, and he is ready. He's like, we. He's like, we got this. We love beating the Dallas Cowboys. Like I mean, they're confident, so that's there's uh, a there's a few uh, upset a spots for this uh, this upcoming weekend. I think there's only two that you look at and you go, "There's no way there's going to be an upset." There's only one for uh, me: Kansas City and Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yes. No, I don't agree on Kansas City. <laughs> okay, I mean, Dolphins. No, just you know what? Kansas City deserves that. They haven't played well enough to say that they're definitely going to beat Miami. Uh, 100%, but the Dolphins are so beat up right now. They are so injured. They are on defense. You know, people, you might obviously know about the offensive injuries, but the defensive injuries are really taking a toll on them. They've lost five pass rushers in the last, I think, month. Yeah. Now, and they have to go to a cold weather play. I can't. It, it's going to be tough, but I don't think the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs have just been so uninspiring for a while. I can't wait. I'm really pumped. It's a good wild card weekend. I think it's great. Very good. Cleveland at Houston. That's a good game. Except that stupid game's on uh, Peacock. Miami, Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, we, we like streaming. Streaming's good. <laughs> we like streaming for us, not streaming for other people. Exactly. Uh, how about Cleveland and Houston in the playoffs facing each other and Deshaun Watson is not the quarterback for either team? Uh, that's a, yeah. Fun storyline. Uh, I, I tweeted out the reunions last night and somebody brought that up. Watson versus the Browns. It, Watson's not playing. Yeah, I mean, Watson versus Texans. Watson not playing the Texans. So the Lions-Rams is the first matchup in postseason history between 
two quarterbacks both facing their former teams. And I think the last time... Okay, I'm reading from our, our CBS research team. It's the first time a quarterback faces his former team in the playoffs since... Anyone know? Is it Peyton Manning? Yeah, Peyton Manning against the Colts in 2014, and he lost that game. Um, all right, anyway, plenty more on that later in the week. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's tell everybody to vote, huh? Vote for us in the Sports Podcast Awards. You can look at the QR code. You can click the link in the episode description wherever you're watching or listening. Or you can go to sportspodcastawards.com, click vote now, and then find the best fantasy betting and gaming podcast category and select fantasy football today. Your vote will decide. It is all fan voting at this point. So prove to us that we have a lot of fans and help us win this award. Sportspodcastawards.com, best fantasy betting and gaming podcast. Today on the show, news and notes, we'll give you the coaching updates. We're going to take a look at Week 18. Week 18 deserves some love. We'll talk about guys like Jordan Love. Uh, actually, no, he was not one of the top five, but he'll be talked about at some point because we're doing superlatives. Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a number one quarterback in Week 18. He finished strong. James Conner, uh, Nico Collins, Dalton Kincaid. We won't just skip over it. It is important stuff. We have our superlatives. MVP, biggest bust, best waiver wire pickup, which also might be the MVP, and the comeback <laughs> player of the year. Uh, and also we'll unveil our top 24s for the 2024 season. All right. Arthur Smith fired. Dave, your reaction? Expected. Totally reasonable. Looking forward to the Falcons hiring a head coach that will use his best talent. But more importantly, agree to find a quarterback that can actually help lead the team to some victories and not cost the team with terrible inaccuracy, untimely turnovers, and uh, being so bad that Taylor Heineke has to come in and take over. Good for Bijan. Good. It's good for everyone everywhere. Well, I mean, let's see who they hire. But yes, it should be good for everyone everywhere. And the quarterback is obviously going to matter a, a big part of this, you know. So, I, I would hope that they bring in someone to maximize the talent of what they've you know accrued over the last three seasons. You know, with bringing in arguably the best tight end, wide receiver, and running back in their respective classes, and in some cases some of the best talent that we've seen coming into the NFL, certainly a tight end and running back. Um, there's a lot to love about what the situation can be, but if they don't get the quarterback fixed, it's really not going to matter very much, you know? So that's the, that's the, the next, you know, phase of what has to happen for the Falcons here. So we'll see. I, I think they put their GM Terry Fontenot on notice as well, that he's probably not going to be around also given the fact that the statement that they released that he'll be part of the hiring process, um, <laughs> you know, as opposed to he will be the guy making the hire. So don't be surprised if the coach that they bring in, if in fact they probably have somebody in place already, uh, decides to have his own personnel person. Could be Bill Belichick. Um, so we'll see what happens with uh, who the who the Patriots hire, but obviously the quarterback is still to be determined, and that's a big part of it. The Falcons have the eighth pick, and I do think at this point, depending on what happens tonight in the national championship game, you know, you could see four quarterbacks going in the top eight with uh, May, with Williams, May, Jaden Daniels, and Penix. But I, I'm looking right now at a mock draft on our website from December 21st from Chris Chapasso. Is it Ryan's? No, it's Chris Chapasso from December. Uh, I know Ryan just because I, I was I did a college football segment yesterday on on HQ with uh-huh. uh, uh, talking about the game tonight, and Ryan has Penix at 11, so he could easily be in play. Yeah, and I'm now I'm looking at one from the 21st, two of them from the 21st, and Penix is in, in not in either of them. And that was the point I'd make about Penix is that I don't think he was considered a first round pick until last week, and I'd wonder if it's a little silly to overlook an entire career and just be oh he he was great, he was great, and maybe you know this happen this happens all the time. I mean quarterbacks rise so much. But I do wonder about that with Penix, if he's going to be pushed up by one performance. And we'll see, obviously, see what happens tonight. If he has a bad game tonight, he may, you know, all this hot buzz might throw it away. Well, it's, it, it's, it's been the season, you know, so, and I think part of it, and I just know this, and, and I wasn't aware of this just because I wasn't, you know, I'm not so uh, dialed in yet, as I will be, yeah. um, that he had both ACLs uh, repaired. Mm-hmm. So um, the segment I did was with... Um, former GM, current uh, commander's consultant, um, Rick Spielman. And he said that, you know, the medicals will uh, certainly matter for what will happen here. But as was said on the, on the segment as well, um, 
teams will overlook medicals if they like the player. So I, I think it'll come down to, you know, if he has a, a strong game tonight on top of what he did in the semifinals, then he is, he, I mean, he's definitely a first round pick. There's no doubt about it at this point. You know, uh, it's just a matter of, is he a top 10 pick? And that's, I think what will be interesting to see. Yeah. But I mean, some of his throws that he made in that game. It's were just it's terrific. Ridiculous. He also, awesome. at the, at halftime in that game, I don't know if he got sacked in the second half, but they gave the stat at halftime. He's been sacked 11 times all season. So that's another thing. Holy cow, what an offensive line they have. The, the comparison that, that Rick Spielman made was uh, kind of twofold. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a lot of two comparisons because they're lefties. And then, uh, but the, the the thing he said as a player, he reminds him a lot of CJ Stratt. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, the last, just go back to the Falcons here. I mean, does it concern you at all? They have been... They have been first and third in rush attempts the last two years, and they've been first and second, or second and first, in running back rush attempts. So I guess, like, how could a coach be better for both the running game and the passing game? I, I know I they mean, could, but just Eliminating the, the number of running backs that are going right. to run the ball. Well, Patterson is gone. He's not staying on the team. Right, but, like, still, the, how many games this year were there where... Algier, forget about him being close to the amount of work that Bijan had, but had more touches than Bijan had. Well, I think if you if you eliminate if you Azer stat it and eliminate the headache game, and <laughs> you look at what was really the second half of the season, Bijan had more carries than Algier. Yeah, I agree with you 100, Dave. Algier had too many carries, I think, for anybody's liking based on where the investments were made in both of these guys. But I mean, look, we we had this conversation I think last week. How, how many teams are going to have bell cow running backs like we're used to talking about. They're not going to be very many. And I don't think Bijan is necessarily going to get 20 carries consistently week to week as long as Algier is there. Because, look, Algier is a good running back. He's a good player. So whoever the hook, the coach is will give him some opportunities. The thing I think that will help is probably, you know, just featuring Bijan more in all facets of the game. And that's, I think, something that could be certainly done with the next coach and hopefully the right quarterback in place. But I mean, look, there, there's a, there's a lot to love about the situation for whoever's going to be the play caller there. I think we would all look at it and say of the opportunities for a Ben Johnson can go because he's the most prominent offensive coordinator looking for a job or, or at least in, in, in expected to get a job. This would be the most favored landing spot if he can get the right quarterback with him. And it's okay. so easy for him to walk in and say, all right, I'm, I'm looking at the Falcons games last year. Or last this season, this past season, saying last year is crazy. Um, Tampa Bay five games ago, Robinson had one more carry than Algier. Carolina four games ago, that was the rain game. Algier had twice as many carries as Bijan. Mm-hmm. So, like the the very first thing that Ben Johnson could walk into a meeting and say is, "We're going to find ways to creatively use Bijan Robinson yeah. on top of like all the stuff that you saw him do last year." And based on like a smart offensive coordinator, we'll be able to find 25 different ways to make that happen because Bijan can do anything. He's really a talented back. I don't want him to get 20 carries a game. I want him to get 20 touches a game. And I want him to block into like 16 minimum every single week. Feed him. Give him a chance to help your offense stay on the field. Give your defense a rest. And he can be a hyper-efficient running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, that's what I want to see. And then Arthur Smith rarely, if ever, gave him a chance to do anything like that. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I think he did. And Bijan, Bijan only averaged 4.1 yards per carry in his last eight games. And those were, you know, Jamie, you had said that Cesar stat this and that. I already did all that going in. Uh, I removed the headache game. I looked at really the last eight games of the year, though. So forget about even the headache game. The last eight games of the year started with that Arizona game. And that's when they really gave Bijan more work. And when he became the goal line back, you know, um, not exclusively, but at least yeah. usually. And in those eight games, he had 111 carries and 30 catches. He was on pace for 236 carries, which is not a ton, but 64 catches. He was on pace for about 1,600 total yards and 10 touchdowns. But here's the problem. I mean, as Dave said it, Bijan had 111 carries in that game. Tyler Algier had 70, and Cordero Patterson had 36 that is just too much. Those two can in the last eight. In the last eight. In the last eight games, yeah. when Bijan became more of a feature back, he had about 51, 52% of the running back carries, and that's just not enough. All right, we'll, we'll get into it. No, we'll for the last it. five games, he had 12 or fewer carries. Yeah. We'll talk about it on FFT in five if you want to listen to that. 
Washington fired Ron Rivera. Jamie, your thoughts on that situation? You know, unfortunate. You know, I, I, I think he's, you know, he needed to go, you know, once new ownership, you know, took, took over and you, know, you saw the way the season unfolded. And for a team that, you know, I think some people thought had a chance to maybe be a playoff contender this year. Um, certainly disappointed. The defense really did not play well. Uh, Jack Del Rio, you know, you could say was a big part of that. They got rid of him. Um, but that's kind of Rivera's calling card too. And so, you know, just a team, I think they need a reset button. And, and, and again, looking at who's going to come in there, they got to fix the quarterback. So they're going to draft a quarterback most likely. I mean, it'd be very shocking if they did not. Uh, they've certainly been rumored to maybe trade up to the number one spot. Um, but there's still plenty of talent there. You know, I mean, when you look at McLaurin and, and hopefully the next coach brings out the best of Jahan Dotson, uh, and Curtis Samuel is not a bad receiving core. I think they need to get younger at tight end. And the running back situation, I think, is fine, you know, for for what most NFL teams look like. Brian Robinson and, and Antonio Gibson, nice one-two combo there. But uh, would not be surprised if Gibson's gone. Uh, but in any event, um, a, a, a team that certainly needs a fresh start, and the quarterback will certainly determine how that goes. Okay, we've got... Carolina firing GM Scott Fitterer. We got Bill Belichick. We'll hopefully know soon. His future is uncertain with the Patriots at this point. Brian Dable said the expectation is that the Giants are going to keep defensive coordinator Wink Martindale. And Daniel Jones is hoping to be ready for training camp. And yesterday or this weekend, there was a report on NFL Network that Jones was likely to be the week one starter for the Giants. But obviously that could all change. They have the sixth pick in the NFL draft. We'll see what they end up doing there. Puka Nakua set the NFL record for a rookie for catches and yards in a season. Well, 17 games? Come on. Evan Ingram came up two catches short of the uh, tight end receptions record. Zach Ertz still has that. 116 in 2018. He had one bad drop, that's for sure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he should get an interception for that. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Okay, the Eagles had a bad day. They had a bad day. Jalen Hurts hurt his finger. A.J. Brown left with a knee injury. Safety, Sidney Brown, reportedly suffered a torn ACL. Bad day at the office for the Philadelphia Eagles. And yet they get the easy matchup Bucks. in the... Is it easy? It's easy. I think I'd rather play them. I don't them. think there's an easy matchup for Philadelphia. I'd rather play them than the Packers, even at home road, whatever. I'd oh, absolutely. Sure, yes. In terms of who's who's left, yes, they, they probably had the easiest matchup of the NFC side. But still, like... The Bucks probably feel the no same one, way. No one's easy yeah. for Philly. Yeah, and the Bucks, you know, hopefully they can run the ball because anyone can run the ball on the Eagles right now. Uh, Gabe Davis left with an injury, and actually the Bills got pretty beat up. Rasul Douglas starting cornerback, knee injury. Linebacker Tyrell Dodson left with an injury. So hopefully they're okay for their blowout. Oh, Ty Johnson, yeah, concussion, I believe. <clears throat> I shouldn't just assume they're going to blow out the Steelers. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't think the Bills are playing great. Do you? How do you guys feel about the way no. the, the Bills are playing? Uh, the Bills should have won that game by three touchdowns last night. I mean, two interceptions in the end zone from Josh Allen. You know, and and Sean McDermott did not seem pleased when he was asked about that at halftime. Um, you know, they had an opportunity to score again. You know, whether it was three points or a touchdown. You know, he he was also upset about that. The the Ty Johnson play at the half. So yes, they're not playing perfect football, but they have the opportunity. I think of any team in the AFC to run the gamut i mean you know you're looking at the, the the way that it sets up for them the steelers without tj watt we know their their offensive deficiencies and their defense is just so beat up so it should be an easy win for them at home then you get either the dolphins or the chiefs on the road first road game in the playoffs for mahomes two in the cold is obviously not very good in his history against buffalo not very good so that's you know should be a win for them potentially again we'll see what happens if the chiefs Baltimore, we know their their history in the playoffs hasn't exactly been great with Lamar Jackson. So if they get by their first round matchup, I mean the Bills to me are the are the AFC representative going to the Super Bowl. That's how I have it mapped out. I think a lot of people will agree with that. I I, I think the Ravens right now are just a lot better than them. But yes. that doesn't mean they will be when they if and when they face off. Um so are there odds on who who makes the Super Bowl from the AFC? Of oh, course. Sure, yeah. Okay, actually, so like how heavy of a favorite are the Ravens compared to everybody else? I mean, you would just tier it based on the the seeding. So I would imagine it's the Ravens and the Bills are the one and the two. And then it's a matter of how much do they still value the Chiefs as the three. All right, so, see if I can so the 49ers are, are plus 220. The Ravens are plus. This is to win the Super Bowl. Win the Super Bowl. Right. I want, I want to win the AFC right, championship. Let's see. To win the AFC? Okay. The Ravens are plus 140. 130. I see one. Yep. Plus 260. 
Mm-hmm. Some places are plus 300. And then it's the Chiefs, Dolphins. Dolphins, like the Chiefs are close behind, and then everyone else is really far behind. Yeah. The Browns. Yeah, it makes sense. Browns. I mean, that's probably the order that it should be in. But I might, I might say that Kansas City is the second best team in the AFC and, and the team that Baltimore should have to watch out for. I could see that defense coming together quickly and the offense, offensive line getting stronger, healthier, and coming up with something mm-hmm. to uh, to stay competitive in all their games. Oh, I, I would agree. But having to go on the road based on how they've looked so far this season, even at home, to me, that's a big edge for Buffalo. Yeah, I you're, get it. You're, yeah, I, we haven't really talked too much about the Chiefs missing their left tackle, but that's a big it's been huge. Yeah. It's been ha- not half the reason why they've been bad, but. A big reason, just the pressure that Mahomes has been getting. And he's been struggling to make Superman plays because he can't make normal plays. Mm-hmm. He can't make a normal play because the offensive line isn't protecting him. And then he's trying to make Superman plays and his receivers aren't good enough to help him out there like they used to be. Completely agree with this take in our chat. The Browns plus 1,400 to win the AFC is spicy. Yeah, that's not a bad one either. Yeah. One. yeah. They, I mean, look, they, defense travels. We know that. And Yes. They can certainly make enough plays offensively. It's just a matter of it's it's tough to win three on the road. Yeah, totally. All right, um, we're gonna take a break here. By the way, uh, are we doing a playoff challenge? Anything on the website about playoff challenges? So uh, I want to check this before I say anything. So if you want to just talk about something else, because I don't want to sure. say the wrong thing. Oh, Dave! You, you oh my gosh! No, I forgot a huge thing. All the Lions injuries. Sam Laporta, Khalif Raymond, and then two other guys left but returned. Brian Branch, their safety, and, of course, Amandra St. Brown. But mm-hmm. the Sam Laporta injury and the Khalif Raymond, these are huge. So unfortunate. Well, one huger than the other. Um, Laporta being out is definitely going to take away a big-time target for Jared Goff and someone who's been a short-area weapon, a red-zone weapon. And I'm, I'm curious if it's just, all right, we're going to get what we get out of Brock Wright and hopefully that he can just pick up the slack while Laporte is gone. But to me, that's a huge loss, figuratively and literally, for the Lions' offense moving forward. They need somebody to be that intermediate option opposite Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. And I, Josh Reynolds, does he step up? Does yes. he become that option? I think so. I think he's going to be a very he, he popular, might have to be. And very that could popular be DFS play. In those playoff challenge leagues and playoff DFS lineups that could step up and help people. Yeah, well, it's just a shame. Hopefully it's nothing too bad for Laporta. Dan Campbell said, it's not good, but it's not as bad as it looked. He's right, probably that's... missing the playoffs. If I had Right, to. but he'll yeah. be fine for week one. Yeah, I hope that's the case. I mean, hopefully there's no ligament damage that he needs surgery, but it was not pretty when you saw what happened to him. Um, so, yeah, so I, I did see the uh, NFL... Uh, NFL.com has discontinued their playoff challenge. Oh, no. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, much like we did a few years ago, I guess they just found it wasn't worth it, um, which sucks because it was always a fun thing. I, I loved our game. I thought their game was fun, too. Um, I do a couple of private ones. So there are people that do, you know, playoff challenges. Um, if you do, they're awesome. Uh, we are having, uh, well, it was it was told to me, usually I do playoff challenge rankings that since the NFL.com dis- discontinued their games, I don't have to do it, but I'll probably still do it because I like ranking the players for the playoffs. Um, so, uh, we'll see if that's still on the site so you can get some playoff rankings there. Uh, but in any event, it seems like most of the, uh, playoff challenge leagues are going private as opposed to having public ones to do them. Okay. Well, we're taking a break, a big public break for everyone to see. And we'll be right back on fantasy football today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step. The reason building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. 
If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's take a look at the top performers for Week 18 and get some quick thoughts here. Your top five quarterbacks, Derek Carr with 35 fantasy points. He threw 14 touchdown passes in his last five games. Really finished hot, Derek Carr. Dak Prescott, uh, about 34 fantasy points. A huge game at Washington. Carson Wentz with 28 fantasy points at San Francisco. Josh Allen with a bad game for him against the Dolphins. He had been averaging over 35 points per game in his last 11 games, I believe, against the Dolphins. He only scored 27 points, and that was with three turnovers, two picks and a fumble. And Jared Goff with 24.8 fantasy points at Minnesota. Man, it's so strange. Jared Goff, the home road stuff lately has been just bananas. It's mostly the touchdowns. But Carr, Prescott, Wentz, Josh Allen, Jared Goff, Dave, any thoughts, quick thoughts there? No, I mean, I, I think as far as fantasy playoffs are concerned, Dak is going to continue to keep roll and roll and um, would imagine him to throw a lot pretty much every single playoff game that they have. Allen looks like the Bills are going to go back to him as, as the catalyst of their offense and not run as much. And Goff is the one that I'd be almost a little – like too optimistic about for the matchup against LA because that Rams run defense has been so good and their pass defense has been so bad and he's at home. He might be the one that you want to start this week. Uh, I don't know how much longevity he has. He might play two playoff games, but I, I think he could end up being an outstanding quarterback and a good pivot from Prescott in, right. uh, in the first week of the playoffs. The thing that you want to do with any playoff challenge is you got to map out how many games you think your team or how many games you think a team will play mm -hmm. because clearly if it's a total point situation, you want to get four games. And so the, the, the way that I, I look at it as Buffalo has the most value because they can easily play four games. Sure. Uh, running back. Got James Connor who scored 17 points. Yeah, I know 30 points yesterday <laughs> against Seattle, 17.9 or more fantasy points in five straight games to finish the season for James Connor and the Cardinals, according to PFF, they are, I don't know if they're actually rankings are updated. So I might be wrong about this because only Monday, but currently 26th in run blocking, which would be the best finish for a James Connor team in four seasons. He's always on a bad run blocking team. One of the two worst three years in a row. That's funny. No, that line was playing really well like a month ago and they kept it up for the rest of the season. That's yep. also, if you buy those rankings being the most relevant thing to judge how they are actually blocking. Right. I don't, but when I see a team like 31st, 32nd, well, I get it. I mean, look, it's, then, yeah. it's, it's the only thing we can go off of. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was second. Brees Hall was third. He only had 39 touches against the, Patriots. Bijan Robinson was fourth and Joe Mixon, I think pretty interesting the way he finished the season. Joe Mixon was fifth in week 18. And in the last six games of the year, the Jake Browning starts. He was the number four running back overall in PPR and number seven per game. He averaged 4.3 yards per carry, which is like, which is like, you know, a normal running back averaging eight yards per carry. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but anyway, what a finish for Mixon gives you something to think about going into next year, Jamie. I was just about to ask, uh, you know, if you're the Bengals, do you try and just run it back for one more year? You know, so to your guys' point about, you know, franchise tagging T. Higgins and uh, obviously hoping for a healthy Joe Burrow, if you're able to bring everybody back, do you bring Joe Mixon back with the hope of, okay, he can still give us one more season as our guy, and then we figure out the running back situation after that. Now, I don't know how much that factors into what their, their salary cap situation. Again, if I'm T. Higgins, I'm gone, uh, if I have the opportunity to. Um, so... We'll see how that all unfolds. But, you know, Mixon, it feels as if, you know, just based on everything that was, you know, kind of being said that he's done in Cincinnati. And so if that's the case, where does he go, you know, to probably supplement a backfield at this point? Because I don't know mm -hmm. if he goes somewhere to be a featured guy. And that's the, the, the next thing of what we have to see with some of these guys that are going to be getting up in age and, you know, leaving teams. All right. 28 years old, $3 million roster bonus on March 19th. They would save almost $6 million on the cap if they cut him. 
I think his salary is actually kind of reasonable for a 28-year-old running back. They've got Chase Brown that they could have to supplement him. I can't rule out that he stays in Cincinnati one more year. It doesn't mean that I'm going to love drafting him. But he finished strong, and that's an offense that they could easily just say, you know what, we've got good pieces here. Let's let's try one more time with everybody. And they they also did allow him to. They could have easily not played him, allowed him to get two pretty significant incentives with the two touchdowns. You know, so you know that's something I think Zach Taylor said at the beginning. See, I'll go back to the owners' meetings. You know, when there was thought of Mixon being gone because of the potential suspension, he was like, you know, Joe's our guy, and mm-hmm. they stuck with him all season despite the. The injuries and they could have easily said okay it's time to see what we have behind him a little bit more and then we saw a little bit of chase brown clearly but you know they could have easily week 18 said we don't want to get get mixing the, the the incentives and chase brown go see if you can earn the job and they didn't they stuck with mixon and kudos to him for coming through and maybe he has one more season left of it you know i don't think anybody wants to draft him as a you know top tier fantasy option if he's still in cincinnati but he'll be a great fallback number two running back that you can certainly get with a great value pick Okay, take a look at the top five wide receivers in Fantasy Week 8. A lot of big names here. Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb are one and two. Nico Stud. Collins, number three. Stud. Amonra St. Brown, four. Dontavian Wicks is five. I want to ask you about the Texans. All right, we talked to, I don't think Jamie was on at that point, but Heath and Dave both said Tank Dell over Nico Collins. Is there anything that would make you change your mind? Uh, this week 18 game, maybe another big game in the playoffs. Could anything change your mind about Nico versus Dell? As far as the games themselves? No, as no. far as pi- – oh, okay. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I like if, if, if yeah, we get bad. to late July and Tank Dell isn't in training camp yet and he's slow to recover from the injury that he had, then, yeah, of course Nico will go over Tank Dell. But I think people are going to be excited over Tank Dell. I think that they'll know what his upside is. And no one should be should be surprised by how Nico is performing. He's been playing great all year. But the numbers that he's putting up right now, I think a lot of them would not be here if the Texans receiving core was healthy. And for whatever it's worth, against Indianapolis, they didn't have a lot of other receivers on the field. So it had to be Nico Collins being the main wide receiver for CJ Stroud, and he's still going to be good next year, but I don't see him being a top 10 type of fantasy receiver. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't know if either one will be a top 10 receiver for me. Agreed. Right. They're, they're both top 20 receivers. You know, it feels like they could be a Evans Godwin situation, you know, with Brady and how those guys were operating, you know, not necessarily the same way, but uh, something similar, you know, Debo and Ayuk, you know, you can get two star receivers when your quarterback is playing the way that CJ Stroud's playing. So, you know, it's a it, it's a good situation to be in in the camp of both. And I actually, I, I think I might rank Nico ahead of Tank Dell. Still, there's more big play potential. When I did my rankings last week, I had Dell twelfth, Dell twelfth, and Nico Dell tenth, and Nico twelfth with Olave in the middle. So I don't like. Do you guys have Cooper Cup over them? No, I would take both Texans guys over Cup. I think I would too. I haven't ranked that far yet, but. Just seems to make sense that way. I'm curious who's in your top 12 ahead of them. Because I, I found it very hard once you got past like seven guys in the top 12. I mean, I still have Diggs ahead of them, Puka, and then Del, Lave, Nico. But I, I just couldn't really figure out figure out who else to put there. And you didn't consider the 49ers receivers over them. I did have Debo there. Um, but in PPR, like they're just not high catch guys, but... Yeah, I, that's totally valid. You could put one or both of them in there. You, you know, you could put, I guess you could put Devontae Smith in there. It's certainly reasonable. I didn't say Devontae Smith. No, I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, but oh, Jalen Waddle, I don't have in there, but I think that's perfectly reasonable too. Um, it's tough. You know, it's some good, good debates to be had. Sure. I think the one thing that people will think about is, could there be some regression in Houston in C.J. Stroud's second season. We've seen it time and again where a quarterback has a hot start to his career and then all the other teams in the division and all their other opponents have a full offseason to game plan. Mm-hmm. And so does C.J. Stroud have a good counterpunch? What, can, can he do something well, I, I, I would hope that to, to overcome what, what he did as a rookie? Because defenses are going to have a way. You don't think the Titans – are going to come up with something to try and no, I don't. battle CJ Stroud? I mean, you don't? No, well, I mean, I, I mean the Jaguars try. probably will not. I think they're the going to try, but I think Stroud's awesome, and the improv right. plays that, that he that, makes that, are incredible. 
Listen. That's the thing. I, I think the, the 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 thing that you look at from what he was able to accomplish, very minimal interceptions. So mm-hmm. you know he's one of those guys that could make plays without necessarily having to maybe take chances. You know that are, that are not unnecessary. So you know that goes two ways. You know, is he being a little too conservative, or does no. he get a little bit more, you know, gunslinger mentality in him? Uh, the other part of it is he did it with such a makeshift offensive line. I mean, yeah. he mm-hmm. he didn't even know the names of his offensive linemen in the first five or six weeks of the season. And, you know, that that unit certainly got better as the year went on. But, you know, hopefully that's what they do to build around him is to get a little bit better protection. And then do they add somebody else? You know, because obviously Robert Woods is at the end of his career. Um, Noah Brown, is he the answer as the third guy? Do they have some concerns about Tank Dell staying healthy because he missed, you know, beginning part of the season and then clearly the, the end of the year? So is there another receiver brought in that could really throw a wrench into both of those guys? Plus the run game. You know, I mean, look, I don't think they expect it to be their, their bell cow based mm-hmm. on how the offseason unfolded. And so do they add another piece there, you know, to address their their backfield? So there are a lot of things still at play here. But I think, as Adam said, CJ Stroud's awesome. And you don't necessarily have to worry about what defenses do to necessarily take him down a peg. Dave's 100% right. There's obviously going to be ways to try and rattle him and make him uncomfortable. But, you know, when when you're good, you're good. And if you're if you're as good as he looked, he should be able to overcome that. Plus no, got- and, and I'm I'm buying into him. You can look at my quarterback rankings. He's going to be in my top ten. He's not going to be in my top five, but I, I think he's a great quarterback. And the other telltale sign that worked for me was that he was good when Tank Dell was on the field, or when Tank Dell was off the field, yeah, or any other situation that you can come up with. Really, the games where he struggled. It was weather an issue. Did he leave early? Uh, that might have been the same game because it was the Jets game. Like he, he'd been consistently good all year, despite whatever situations had been in front of him. And he was beating the blitz. And when you can do that, especially at a young age, that's a really good sign. Well, he was he was better at home. I, I think the biggest thing, though, is do they keep Bobby Slook? You know, as long as he's there, then there's a lot to love. Do you think he gets tired? Is it did he do? Good uh, he's definitely going to be in the in the interview cycle. I don't know how right. it wouldn't be based on how everything unfolded, but he feels like what same thing happened to Ben Johnson. You know, too yes. young, not not ready for it. Right. And so you know, so I he gets him, another year there. Alice, you know, some of these offense coordinators that are young, yeah. they probably got to go through another year of doing it again. But, but for Slowick, he certainly has come from the right tree. Sure. And that that would help C.J. Stroud develop that counterpunch. Or really, it's not about Stroud developing. It's the Texans offense that has to develop that counterpunch. Sure. All right. Tight ends, top five tight ends in week uh, 18 were in- Ingram in PPR. Ingram, Kincaid, Sam Laporta, Will Disley, and Donald Parham, who, I mean, I think Gerald Everett's a free agent. So I wonder if Parham has maybe some sleeper appeal next year, if he's back. He's pretty good when when Everett's out, and Everett got hurt in Week 18, so something to think about for next year. Yeah, I mean, you know, see, there's a lot lot of things that play with the Chargers, but yeah, it's not a bad call. All How right. old is he? Let's get our uh, our top 24s for 2024. We might have only time for top 12. Ah, screw it. We'll do top 24. Yeah, screw it. Who's number one? I'm only through my top 20 yet, so that's all I have. It's hard. It gets tough. <laughs> well, here's how many quarterbacks are in your top 24? None. None. Man, I'm so different. I had two. Because I just felt like I got to a point in my top 24 where I started having doubts. I'm, sure, I'm going to change one pick. No, I started having doubts about guys. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this, And I was though, like, I'll just take I think this is, this is something we're going to spend a lot of time talking about. If you see what happened this year, right? And we just talked about C.J. Stroud and uh-huh. a little bit of Jordan Love and Brock Purdy and Kyler Murray is going to be a, a, a value pick and Tua Tungavailoa and all these guys. And I know you're probably going to say, well, this year might be an outlier based on the points from the high-end guys to the low-end guys because that's kind of what we saw, that they all came back down to the, the group a little bit. Um, and let's just say that the tush-push stays. I'm going to guess your top two guys are Allen and, and Hurts. So the tush push stays and Stefan Diggs stays in Buffalo. So the, the there's no real changes for those guys and what they can be. Why would you still draft those guys so early? Yeah, it's because I don't want to lo- I don't want to waste a second round pick. So I get to the point in the second round where I'm thinking like Saquon Barkley. I I think he's done enough to be a top 24 pick because I think wherever he goes, he's going to be pretty close to a workhorse if he I don't think he'll stay with the Giants, but he's still good. But mm-hmm. I just see more bust potential. It's almost like, why would you take a running back in the first round of an of the NFL draft? And the answer is, yes, well, I know I can get good running backs on day two and three. 
they are some of the safest picks. They rarely are busts in the first round, whereas other positions are huge busts in the first round. You end up setting your franchise back. So that's kind of what the point was in the second round where I was like, Ugh. so I'm going to move Puka Nakua. I had, I had Allen Hurts ahead of Puka, but I don't really see a reason for that. I'm going to move Puka and Nakua ahead of them. But Tank Dell coming off an injury, Chris Olave hasn't, didn't quite have the second year I was hoping for. I feel safer with Allen and Hurts, and I still feel like those guys, just because they scored 26 points per game this year or something like that, I still feel like they have 28 to 30-point potential. We saw it very, very recently. They could have better years and separate themselves from the pack a little bit more. So that's my answer. But honestly, well, they definitely, it's they January, definitely can. It's but January I mean, could, 8th. Could, like, it, things are going to change. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't you see a situation, though, where Allen has a Mahomes-type season? Yeah. If Diggs is gone, I won't. And I still like Diggs, by the way. But it, uh, I don't think he's washed up personally. But if Diggs is gone, I won't have Josh Allen in the second round. And hurts Unless like, somebody's significance there. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. But at the same time, it's like, can you tell me that the other guys that you have ahead of him are safer than Josh Allen and, and Jalen Hurts? That's the argument. It's like, I don't want a bust in the second round. I don't want to take. Yeah, $20. but I, I think if, you, if you're worried about bust potential, you can make a bust case. We do it all the time for every player, you know, and so the quarterbacks are clearly the least or the most bust proof, least least bustable. Yeah. Um, you know, so there, there's there's clearly a safety factor with any of these quarterbacks. And this was kind of the this was the argument for taking these guys in the first round last year. I mean, remember, there, I think Chris was was. Not alone, but he was, I think, of 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 the guys that have come on our show, saying you should take a quarterback early or or, or potentially in the first round with Mahomes and Hurts and and Allen, whatever order, because there's less bust potential and they're good for twenty eight to thirty points. And we saw there were flaws with all of them. You know, Allen sort of turned the season around a little bit toward the end. Hurts uh, really struggled toward the end, and Mahomes was a bust all season long. It's funny if you look at what the rest of the quarterbacks did this year. If Allen and Hertz and Mahomes had been as good as they had been last year in 2022, they would have been worth those picks. It, it I mean, it, it was like, like it was a good year for quarterbacks um, in terms of like, there were a lot of good ones that were start worthy that were not much worse than the elite guys. But that's partially because the elite guys were not nearly as good. As Correct. they had been. Well, I mean, it's also, you know, you, you hear me say this a lot, the pockets of the season. The way Dak finished from week six on yeah. was an absolute monster. He performed like those guys. You know, I mean, how he was able to, it was, uh, I just wrote this morning, it was from week six on, so 12 games, he had one game under 20 fantasy points and seven over 26. Like, he was, a, he was just incredible. an absolute monster. Um, obviously, Brock Purdy, what he did. Uh, love the way they Jordan love number you know, his, one his, quarterback in the last six weeks of the fantasy season, 11 through 17, Jordan love. Yeah. And then, you know, this is such a, uh, an outlier, but Joe Flacco and what yeah. he accomplished, you know, he finished points per game as the number one quarterback this year. Um, if you're, if you're, you know, going with at least a five game minimum. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of remarkable how some of these guys ended up performing. And in terms of Dak, just, this is just our ADP. Dak was the 12th quarterback. Purdy was the 21st quarterback. Love was the 22nd quarterback. And C.J. Stroud had no ADP. And those were all guys that finished in the top eight in terms of points per game. Um, So it's – to me, it's like we're right back where we were. Why would you draft a guy early? Well, I mean, look, you could could, – I agree with you. I don't really want to – I feel like I ranked it that way, but wouldn't really want to take a quarterback in the second round. But I'm having a hard time, as of now, figuring out the best players in the second round. Because um, I, I don't see a ton of standouts. I don't see a ton of like true, absolute uh, stars at receiver and and running back. And I don't have a tight end in my top 24 right now, which is Me crazy. Neither. Me neither. And so I, I think that's the pivot that you make, though, is when you run out of players that you feel really good about taking to start your draft, that's where you start to fill in the quarterbacks as the next best available option. Yeah. And for me, that's not going to be in the top 24. But for you, it is. For Chris Towers, it might be 12th again. I don't know. But that's that's generally what you do in your drafts is when you're tired of when you when you don't feel good about anybody that's left at the other skill positions, you pivot to quarterback. Well, it's also, you know, and and I, I don't want to necessarily just attach a lot of different players to this because I don't know everybody's top 24, but, you know, maybe it's instead of 
instead of pivoting to quarterback, you know, and we're going to find out with the rookies and, and certainly free agency, but is it pivoting to just, you know, young player that's a little bit outside the top 24, if you're looking at somebody else's rankings or mm-hmm. maybe just pushing some younger guys up, like sure, where's Marvin Harrison going, you know, and, and is he going to be a top 24 caliber player or top 36? And okay. Instead of taking a chance on, let's say Cooper cup, or Devontae Adams or somebody that's a little older that, that still may have some value. Stephon Diggs, for example. Um, pivot to the younger player that has the most upside because you're trying to win your league. You're not trying just to make the playoffs. I got to I really think I messed up. I think I need to put Devontae Adams as my top twelve. I don't did you guys have him as a top twelve receiver? Top no. twelve receiver, not overall. No? No. All right. All right, then I won't. Uh he's still pretty damn good though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I've, I respect, obviously I respect your opinion. Okay, the uh, the last thing I would say when you're looking at your top twenty, because he's going to be right? the second guy in New York behind Garrett Wilson, <laughs> right? Oh man, uh, I thought you were going to say like behind uh, Wandale Robinson, but um, no. Uh, the, if you also that dumpster fire. if you look at the running backs from last year. There's just you shouldn't take any of them in the first round. The number one running back was McCaffrey, followed by Brees Hall, ETN, Rashad White, Raheem Mostert, Joe Mixon, Kyron Williams. There's your top seven. All right, moving on, moving on. All right, how do you want to do? Let's do our top twelves. Let's just do our top. I don't think we have time for a top twenty-four. Um, Dave, unveil one to twelve or twelve to one. Uh, one to twelve. Let's take the twenty-eight-year-old running back at one hundred and one, Christian McCaffrey. Just too good. I can't get away from him if I have the first pick as of now. Love that he's in San Francisco. Love that he's now played two straight years without significant injury. I would trust him with the first pick. I have Brees Hall second and ahead of all the other receivers because I don't think there's going to be a lot left at running back that I'm going to love when I'm up at the end of round two. So because I'm picking at the ends, I'll I'll wait to get those receivers then. So McCaffrey, Hall, those are my first two. Then I go on a receiver run. CeeDee Lamb is my top receiver as of now. Tyree Kills after him. Justin Jefferson's after him. Once we know that Kirk Cousins is back in Minnesota and that he's A-OK, probably going to put Jefferson ahead of Tyree Kill at least. That's my top five. McCaffrey, Hall. Lamb, Tyreek, JJ. Sixth is Amon Ross St. Brown. Seventh is Amon Ross St. Brown's teammate, Jameer Gibbs. I've got Kyron Williams at eight. I can't believe I have him that high. It makes me nervous to have him that high because it, there's a chance that he's a one-year wonder, but what a wonder he was. And he's still very young, and he's on the right offense to be in. Nine is Bijan. Ten is Jamar Chase. I would not lose faith in him, especially if Joe Burrow comes back and he's fine. That's a combination that I want to bank on. I I have A.J. Brown currently at 11th. I don't think I can keep it that way, so let's throw him out. That would mean that my 11th pick is Devon A. Chan, and my 12th pick is Jonathan Taylor. A lot of running backs going in the first round. It's it's something I'm trying to break the habit of, but I think that those guys are going to be very popular because the position is going to be top-heavy and thin. Will you do me a favor and just just repeat the names somewhat slowly? CMC, Brees, CD, Tyreek. Jefferson, Amon Ra, Jameer Gibbs, Kyron, Bijan, Jamar, Achan, Jonathan Taylor. Okay, now do their full names. No, I'm just kidding. All right, Jamie, uh, <laughs> go ahead, Jamie, with your top 12. Uh, sure. It's um, McCaffrey is one. I lost it for a second. Sorry. Oh, I thought you were just going slow. <laughs> Uh, McCaffrey is one. Uh, then it's uh, three receivers for me. I still have Tyreek at the top. So Tyreek is two. C.D. Lamb is three. Justin Jefferson is four. Brees Hall is five. I have Bijan at six because I do think that the new coach will feature him and he will be uh, the third best running back this upcoming season, if not finish higher than that. Uh, Jamar Chase is seven. A.J. Brown is eight. Amara St. Brown is nine. Jameer Gibbs is 10. Jonathan Taylor is 11. And Kyron Williams is 12. All right. Okay, good stuff. Thank you, guys. Do you have a top 12? Yeah, I don't really want to give it. <laughs> Come on. How many quarterbacks are in there? None. I just, uh, you're making me really second-guess my 101, which is Justin Jefferson. Well, I, so no, I think that's good. I think you should explain why he's your 101. Yeah, I mean, I just think they're going to have a better quarterback. You have either Cousins or something better than what they had down the stretch. And look, I mean, look what he did with Nick Mullins this past week. He's just so good, and he's in his prime. You know, Tyreek Hill has not shown any signs of slowing down, so I could totally see that, but he is significantly older. Uh, I think you could make the case, certainly, for a number of guys. Lamb, 
you know, this was a little bit out of nowhere. This was much better than anything we'd seen before. I mean, he's, where is he for me? He's wide receiver. Oh, yeah, he's much, much lower for me than he is. For, he's ninth overall, and he's wide receiver four for me. So what anyway, do you have ahead of him? Hill, Jefferson, and, and, and Chase. Chase. Jefferson, Hill, Chase. Chase. I'm not penalizing Chase for this season. Like, Burrow was basically you should, never and healthy. I think that's a mistake if you do. So I go Chase, McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, Brees Hall, Bijan Robinson. I'm sorry. I go Jefferson, McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, Brees Hall, Bijan Robinson, Jamar Chase, six, Jefferson, one, Chase, six, Taylor, seven, Jameer Gibbs, eight, C.D. Lamb, nine, Amonra St. Brown, 10, A.J. Brown, 11, Garrett Wilson, 12. And then if you're curious, Kyron Williams is 13. Can I give you the stat on why C.D. Lamb was first for me? Yeah, yeah. After their buy, so clearly they went in their buy and said we need to give CD a lot of work. He averaged 27.8 PPR points per game through week 17. Doesn't even include week 18. 12.6 targets per game. Doesn't include week 18. So if they if if they're winning and this is how they're winning and they're succeeding because they're targeting Lamb a ton, I can expect him to outperform potentially everybody. Oh, I think it's a it's a very fun debate of the top four receivers because with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase should be awesome. And you know, they have kind of a redemption tour coming because of how everything unfolded this season. Uh, Jefferson to me is a little bit of a wild card just because of quarterback situation. Cause it might not be cousins. It might be a rookie. And so it's true, you know, and, and you said it, Adam, he was great with, with Nick Mullins. And I think he has the ability to be great with anybody. He's just that type of player. So uh, it's, it's one of those things. And, and Dave kind of alluded to this with, you know, taking Brees Hall second, is you know if you if you have the opportunity to pick your draft spot, do you want to be in that three through five range? Yeah. To if if you're going receiver, you know if you want to avoid because we've seen the number one pick get injured and and, and potentially be a bust the last couple of seasons to avoid that curse if there is one, to avoid having the <laughs> decision of you know Brees Hall versus the receiver field, so let somebody else make that decision for you. And then you just say, okay, I want to take the best of what's left at wide receiver while still getting the earliest pick in the second round, which is clearly the, the, the advantage to that. So if you want to say, okay, I want to take, I want to pick fifth or sixth, and I'll be perfectly fine with, oh, okay, Tyreek's too old, I'll take him, fine. That's perfect. Uh, Jefferson's got a bad quarterback, okay, I think he'll still be great, perfect. Jamar Chase, he might be, he's probably going to be the lowest ranked of that four. Um, there's, there, you know, he, in a down season, he averaged 17 points per game, you know, so just shows you how great he is. So there's still just a lot to love about all four of those guys. Let's uh, take a break. And when we come back, we're going to tell you who our nominees are for the fantasy football superlatives, the MVP, the biggest bust, the best waiver wire ad, and the comeback player of the year. And you can go to our Facebook page and vote. And we'll be right back on fantasy football today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are talking fantasy superlatives, so who did we nominate for MVP... Biggest bust, non-injury related, and best waiver wire ad and comeback player of the year. Four categories. We need to get a final four for each of them. We're going to talk that out on the show right now. Okay, so guys, give me your MVP candidates. Kyron Williams. 
Kyron Williams. <laughs> Kyron Williams and Williams, comma, Kyron. All right. I, I can, I'm going to make a good case against Kyron Williams as the MVP, but who are some other names? It's Yeah, it can't just be who scored the most points. Obviously, draft value has to be taken into account here, but who are some other names, Dave, that we should be putting as a finalist? Okay, so the Susan Lucci's for this category would include <laughs> McCaffrey. I think he Absolutely. kind of warrants it just because he had himself an amazing year and really delivered slash over-delivered as the first running back off the board. I can't say he was the 101. Raheem Mostert was right there with Kyron Williams, scored more touchdowns than Kyron Williams at one point during the season, I think overall for the season. Uh, And then some other names that could make it, uh, Rashad White, Mike Evans, Puka, you could put him in there. Um, Maybe you look to the quarterbacks and and you can make a case for Dak in there. Um, But I, I, I kind of agree. The guy that knocked Cam Akers off the Rams roster is the MVP. Well, how about the tight end who scored the most fantasy points among tight ends this year? Sam Laporta. That's a ama- that's an amazing draft pick. And I think I might vote for Christian McCaffrey because he played every game in the fantasy season. Whereas Kyron, this is the only case. He scored three more points per game than Kyron Williams, but he he didn't miss the four games. You know, so I think to me it's between McCaffrey and Kyron. Jamie, you were very obviously intent on it being Kyron Williams. But what do you think about that argument? McCaffrey averaged 3.3 more PPR fantasy points per game than Kyron. He averaged more than Lamb. He averaged more than Tyreek Hill. So best non-quarterback in in fantasy, and he didn't miss a game. Kyron missed four. Uh, no, it, it, look, you know, we we I think always approach this. I, I always approach this as draft value, and Kyron was you know either one of your last picks or or one of the best waiver wire picks. And it's hard to penalize McCaffrey for doing everything that we expect him to do, and then some. You know, so he was a superstar. He was durable. You know, I, I mean, I guess if you're gonna slightly knock him his you know leaving the game early in the championship round you know you can certainly make that case but he yeah. still gave you a solid performance in that game i think he had over 100 total yards before he left um, it was his worst game of the year 13.1 ppr points in, in week 17 um while williams was maybe his best game of the season with the 30 point game mm-hmm. um but in any event yeah it's hard to knock mccaffrey i think i think the the top three candidates for me would be mccaffrey Williams and I would put Dak Prescott third. I think just knowing what he did throughout the course of the second half of the season, again, taking into draft value, he was the 12 quarterback selected and to perform the way that he did and to elevate CD lamb the way that he did. I think that also factors into it too. Okay. So if we go with the final four, certainly McCaffrey, certainly Kyron Williams, Dave, who would you want Dak on there too? I think Dak deserves it. All right. So the last spot, I'd say it's either Puka, Evans, Lamb. Yeah, Lamb is certainly up there. I, I would. I want. Lamb was drafted as a first round pick, and he's he he again not to penalize him for the way he performed, but he was expected to be an elite receiver, and he he played like one. I think Laporta really deserves. I mean, to be the number one tight end in fantasy, he was number one in total points. Yeah, he was number three was per game. PPR points per game. All right. So so who's our last one? If Dax three. Puka? Okay. All right. So uh, why not Mostert? Because Mostert didn't play in the fantasy miss, playoff. Yeah, I'm missing week 17, I think. It's tough. And 16. Okay. He missed week six. He didn't miss week 16, did he? Oh, that's the game he left early, right? That yeah. was the uh, early in 16, missed 17, missed 18. Okay. So he helped you get there, and then he might have been the reason why you didn't make it all the way. McCaffrey, Kyron, Dak, Puka. Biggest bust, non injury related. There's three for me, and it's not close. It's Mahomes, Pollard, and Bijan. Yeah. I had those three. I also had Diggs. Just he finished so poorly. So matter you say most. Diggs, you know, and and this is a tough one because he still finished in however metric you want to look at it, total points or, or <clears throat> points per game, top three or top two. Uh, but Kelsey, yeah, he right, he was good for. T- I mean, the thing about Mahomes and Kelsey is they were so bad when it mattered most, and Diggs too, um, and and Pollard too. Pollard scored a combined 18.9 PPR fantasy points in weeks 15 through 17. In your fantasy playoffs, he had fewer yep. than eight points in every game. I think he's the He's winner. the biggest bust. <laughs> yeah. I think he is, too. So Pollard, Bijan, Mahomes, we're good with that three? Who's our yeah, fourth? I would say Kelsey, four. 
Which sounds crazy, but you've got to consider where he was drafted and what the expectations were. 100%. Was he a bigger bust than Diggs, though? Because Kelsey was like the number two tight end per game or something. No, I think Diggs was, was 15th probably, per Diggs game. probably wound up being a bigger bust than Kelsey. But they were both along the same lines. They were both, they both went totally flaccid the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's two votes for Diggs. So he'll be our fourth. Best waiver wire ad. Well, it's going to end up being one Rams. of the Rams. Yeah. Kyron Puka. I have Jordan Love. Who was he belongs six, on there? 61. I would put Stroud over Love if we're going based on ADP because Stroud had no ADP. So yeah, but both were picked up off the waiver wire, and Love was better than Stroud. Yeah, and he came through. He was, like I said, he was the number one quarterback in Sign- fantasy in the, in the last six weeks of this of the fantasy season. Yep, and right. just like Stroud, the guys that he was throwing to changed almost every week. But yeah, I, I would say it's the two Rams guys, and then you can continue the to crush. So would you put both quarterbacks on? Because I think you could do Tank Dell. You could do A-Chan. Um, those those guys A-Chan was, was good, but you had to go so long without him. I think uh, I think if you also want to put a third quarterback in there, Purdy. Oh, that's a great, great call. Yeah. Love finished one-tenth of a point per game higher than Purdy. So, I would and say the two Rams had Purdy by almost a PPR. All right, wait, we have to. All right, we got to go with the two Rams and two quarterbacks. I mean, look, this is this is again. We're 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 vote. We're trying to pick who's going to finish second place. <laughs> so who's our second quarter? So if we go love, who's our it's last guy? Love. Stroud or Purdy? Purdy. Purdy. Agreed. All right. Um, and then comeback player of the year. Who do we have for this? Mostert. Mostert is. Probably the best one. Or Dak. I would say Dak. Yeah, Dak bounced back in a massive way. All right, so Mostert. What did Mostert bounce back from, though? He wasn't good last year. Is that really a... eh. We're not... We're we're doing... He never had a year like this. No, okay, but I think Brees Hall... Wait, so we said Brees Hall, right? You just did. We didn't say Brees Hall yet? He's got to be. Sure. He's the winner for me. Brees Hall's a good one. I put Mostert on there. I would put Dak on there. I put Cortland Sutton's name in there because he did bounce back, but he's not going to win. He's just somebody who stunk last year, and he came back and he had a better year. I mean, if you want to talk about helping you in the playoffs, Kyler. Kyler's a great one, yeah. All right, so I've got five names. i got Brees Hall, Joe Flacco, Raheem Mostert, uh, Kyler Murray, and I heard Cortland Sutton. Did I miss anyone? You don't have to put Sutton in there. Uh, For me, it would be Dak, Mostert. Dak, right. Sorry. Brees and Flacco. Dak I mean, hell, Kyron Williams yeah. could win this award, too. He wasn't playing. All this <laughs> <year>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I'll see if anybody has anything in the chat. Yeah. No. Mike Evans. Oh, that's a good one. Mike Evans is a Mike really Evans is a great one. Yep. Although he still averaged a pretty good number last year. I don't think Trey McBride is really a candidate for this one. I see people so, saying Trey McBride. Yeah, I agree. Uh, 15 PPR points per game in 2022 for Evans. And then through week 17, he was at 17.3. Yeah, it's not really a big comeback. Mm. It's, it's I, not. I, I, he, I agree with are, you. I that from, from a perspective. From That's perspective. better than Sutton. Yeah. Okay, so Hall, Flacco, and Mostert for sure. Who's our fourth? Prescott, Kyler? I go Dak. I think Dak bounced back. Okay, these will be or up Tua. on Facebook. Tua? Tua? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the concussions last year didn't play very much, played 17 games. And uh, and what did, what exactly is Dak bouncing back from? <laughs> Sorry. He was miserable last season. Okay. It doesn't matter. Brees Hall should, this should be the Brees Hall Comeback Player of the Year award. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, I think Flacco's going to get a lot of votes. But Hall is going to win. Okay. Thank you, guys. I love superlatives. They're very fun. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott. That's a good one. Comeback hey, player of the year. When, when's our first mock? Uh, answer your email. Tuesday, right? No, Wednesday. Wednesday. No, Tuesday. Oh, it got moved to Tuesday, right. Okay. I'm in. When I'm are there. we going to have our first fan mock? Oh, that's a great question. We have like twelve people listening. I mean, <laughs> no, we don't. We 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 have more than you think. I bet we have more. All right, listeners. everybody who's listening, you're in the mock draft. I bet we have more <laughs> listeners this week than last week. That's my guess. 
Um, all right, everybody. Uh, is James Conner a comeback candidate? Yeah. What did he average? No, he was great last season. He was good. And really, he only stepped up and he got hurt this year. He actually averaged more PPR points per game last year than through 17 games this year. So, no. He's actually gone oh, down oh, each of oh. the past few years. Debo. Does yeah, Debo get on there? One. Yep. He had four more PPR points per game this year than last year, not including weeks 18. Mm. Jerry Judy, week 18 redemption. <laughs> All right. Just in time to help. Us. I guess I'm going to leave Debo off for Dak, but Brees Hall should win. Vote for Brees Hall. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Everybody. Sorry, I don't mean to be influential or anything. We'll talk to you uh, on Wednesday on Fantasy Football Today. So influential. Everybody was going to eat that ham sandwich monstrosity. <laughs>《